everyone welcome back to another episode of impossible until possible with myself ryan luke today i want to talk about how i got to where i am today and the strategy behind it you know as i look out my balcony right now staring at the burj khalifa living in an amazing country it's uh something to reflect on and i think when you look back at it um there's certain things that i did which obviously got me to this point and um you know i think you can take a lot away from it and you know property has changed many lives there's no doubt about that um you know the statistic of 90 percent of millionaires are, are, are through real estate is very very high and obviously suggests something and that ultimately got me into property because i figured you know everyone that has money seems to have property so whilst i you know champion rent to rent as a strategy um, unfortunately with rent to rent you don't own the asset and there's no security that you can continue to operate your airbnb business from the rent to rent properties you know landlords can pull them at any time and it leaves you high and dry you have to search for another one on the upside of rent to rent you can acquire a lot of stock quickly and done correctly obviously you can make um, a good profit margin from each and every unit but really what has backed the business throughout the, the, the testing times of COVID, the testing times of you know, poor winters, um, has been my owned portfolio. Um, that portfolio was built from a very small pot of money and that money was recycled time and time and time again. Now, how do I do that? Strategy called buy, refurbish, refinance, rent. But obviously instead of renting, I then run them on Airbnb or short-term rentals um, to maximize the profitability. And I think one of the things that um, allowed me to scale this so quickly was that I continued to reinvest back into the business. Um, I, never, I never took any money out. I constantly reinvested back into the business time and time and time again so that I could uh, acquire more stock, which obviously added more cash flow into the business. And the thing with the BRRs and then running them as SAs is the profitability is much, much, much higher than rent to rents, um, or potential lease options, things like that. But, um, you know, the, the profitability is huge. So not only have we got the equity in the property from day one, because obviously we've bought it below market value, we have done a you know minor refurbishment on it. I think one of the biggest mistakes I have made over probably the last 18 months with some of the projects I've done is, is gone a bit too big on the project. So, you know, trying to do, um, you know, loft conversions, um, bedroom, garage extensions, things like that. And it just delays the project. It adds costs to the finance and, um, you know, it delays the cash flow coming in as well because the project takes much longer. I think the simple model, which is, um, you know, how 85% of the portfolio is being built is very much just bathrooms, kitchens, um, you know, carpets and decoration, get it done within a few weeks, get it cash flow and get the, get the property refinanced as quickly as you can and then go again. Um, that is how I built the majority of my stock and how I um, look to execute things now, staying away from those bigger projects, having learned the mistakes. Um, not really that they were mistakes because, you know, they're very, very lucrative properties. You know, they, they do very well for us. They're bigger properties. Um, you know, most of them are netting probably two to two and a half thousand a month. Um, you know, so the, the, the profitability on them is fantastic, but they have tied up a little bit too much money and uh, the, the costs uh, ran away and obviously we didn't get the uplift in the valuations and things like that. So there are some downsides to those bigger projects that we've done, but the, the cash flow element is, is certainly an upside. 
Um, so that money will come back out eventually, uh, but it is going to take a bit, a bit longer than expected. Fortunately, in my position where I've already got you know trust built with investors and the experience and obviously ca- a cash flow and business, I can continue to draw on other sources to, to make sure that I'm keeping moving forward with these, these um, purchases. However, if it was your first purchase and you got that money stuck, then you would be stuck on one property and you'd have to make the decision. Do you flip it? Do you sell it, reinvest and start again? Or do you just you know, bide the time and, and, and pull the money out and, and execute maybe rent to rent strategy in the meantime to keep building the portfolio? So it's really important that, um, for me, it's really important that we, we add volume. So um, it's got to be the right stock though, quality stock. Um, you know, it's not just all about volume. We've got to get the right stock which for me is the larger properties, uh, the ones that create a bigger net profit, less guest hassle, uh, less guests through the door, and ultimately more profit. That's what everyone wants. So um, for me, it's, it's, it's the bigger properties that we're looking to purchase. Uh, in an ideal way, we want 15, 20% below market value. We then want to um, spin that property around in no more than three weeks, and then we want to refinance as quick as we possibly can. It used to be able to refinance within 12 weeks, but given the... Um, speed of solicitors and conveyancing and everything else that happens these days it is uh, dragging out a bit and um you know that has slowed the acquisition growth down slightly i think not only for myself but many people that i speak to it's just you know the speed of getting that money back out to reuse again however having said that if you time everything and you're organized you can actually still be putting offers in uh, knowing that that money's going to hit and by the time your conveyancing is finished on the new one you're going to have the funds to complete on the next one and it is making sure that your pipeline's full and you're constantly putting that money um, into play all the time and constantly reinvesting that pot of funds to grow your wealth and i think if you just dig in for five years of doing this consistently, you know, you might only acquire a couple in your first year. You might then acquire, you know, three to five in your second year and then maybe 10 in the next year. And then it really starts to escalate because um, once you also understand how investors work and why they want to lend you money and build those relationships with the right people. Um, and I, I, I'm telling you now, every single person has, I reckon, two million pounds in their phone book. Uh, but you just need to know how to unlock that money in the right way. And, and that's what a lot of people struggle with, um, you know, and there's certain people that will lend you money. There's certain people that won't. And there's also certain people that you should take money from and there's certain people that you shouldn't. Uh, but it's understanding and figuring all that out and making sure that you've got that uh, consistent cash flow coming through from them or the consistent investment so that it allows you to continue to buy your projects, move the money forward. And everybody wins from the scenario as well, which is why it does work. And I think that that for me is is become um, you know and is my main focus now. You know I think I'm focusing so much on um, trying to buy as many properties as I can. I feel like if we can you know add another thirty to fifty over the next few years, um, then that's generational wealth change. You know that that is you know that's not only my my family sorted that's the kids family sorted and the kids kids family sorted you know because the passive income that will come from those properties because we earn three times more than short than than tenancies you running them on short-term rentals and obviously plugging them into the loop stays system of you know the the, the, the short-term rental management the, the the cash flow that comes from that um with another you know 30 to 40, 50 purchases is is huge you know and, and as i said that that changes the game not only for you know my kids but my kids kids and you know ultimately that's what i'm trying to do now is is make sure that um everybody is looked after down the line um for as long as we possibly can and 
that's what probably does you know because as long as we've got that asset as long as we've got the skill set of running them as short-term rentals um, and particularly focusing on our contracted database our direct booking game I think last month was around the 73% mark um, you know which is is creeping up we, we sort of hovered you know, last year probably on average around 66-67% um, but we're, we're getting more known for being in the northeast we're getting more known by these contractor companies people are finding our website through the seo work you know everything's starting to just you know tick quite nicely in the right direction to make sure we're not relying on airbnbs we're not getting shafted by otas commissions and you know re- re- resolution fees when they decide a guest hasn't had a good time and um you know we control the bookings we're also getting you know these uh, much longer bookings which uh, you know suits down the ground you know a couple of cleans a, a month included in the price they look after the properties we take good deposits from them and they stay for a while and not only that they need multiple houses so it's not like they're just taking one you know we're, we're doing contracts for sort of 30 40 at a time and um you know it's just an, it is a game changer but it all comes back to owning those assets purchasing them right refinancing them going again and, and and building you know that asset database that i have over the years uh, to put us in the position we're in now obviously there's many other factors involved in terms of you know how we've built the short-term rental business how we've systemized it, how we've marketed ourselves how, how i've built the brand and things like that but you know in the main when i reflect back i now have these assets which even if tomorrow i decided i didn't want to do short-term rental anymore I could, you know, put them as ASTs. Yes, I would, you know, reduce my profitability somewhat, um, you know, but again, I've got that option because I own them. I can do what I want with them. Um, But what I am also finding now is um, why we're still surviving um, during these testing times with interest rates um, is is due to the fact that, you know, we do run these as short-term rentals and therefore our income is is greatly increased. I know a lot of landlords are suffering, especially in the Northeast where their their interest rates have almost doubled and the rents are nowhere near uh, enough. You know, some, I know I've sold a couple of properties that I can't short-term rent where I, after the interest rates had increased, plus what I was getting for the rent, um, I I was actually losing money, you know, 50, 50, 60, 70 quid a month on some of these things, but still I was losing money. So what is the point? You know, asset uh, or capital appreciation isn't that great in the northeast so i'm not really investing for capital appreciation so there's no point holding on to those properties um i can't short-term rent them because of you know lease restrictions and things like that so selling them off reinvest the money back into properties that we know works so you know for me that that is um you know what i stand here today reflecting on um as i look at how i got to where i am today and ultimately where i want to go in the future and i think a lot of people can you know take a lot from it and learn from it um saying that I do have my masterclass next Saturday. Uh, gentle reminder, if you do want to get involved, I am going to be showing everybody. It's absolutely free. Uh, if there's tickets left, get yourself involved. I'm going to be going through this in more detail, explaining how it works, how I structure it, how I structure the funding with my investors, how I find my investors um, and everything in between. So if you do want to get involved in that, the link is on my bio, on my Instagram profile. Uh, Ryan K. Luke 84 is my handle if you haven't already followed me please do and if you've enjoyed the episode uh, please subscribe like and share as always see you on the next one